0: Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, this is Cat Lee, and you're listening to episode number 15 of the Inspired to Action podcast. So today we're talking with my friend Liz Griffin, and Liz calls herself a nap time abolitionist, and I love that. I love that phrase, and you're going to find out exactly what it means and how you can become one in this episode of the podcast. Now, we go a little bit long, so we're kind of cutting out. I'm cutting out some of the stuff that I usually chat about. I know you're really wanting to know more about how my my puppy's doing, but no time for that today. So we're gonna dive right into the content. And uh, I do wanna say, though, that if you're listening with your kids, today's topic is a little bit heavier So this might not be a good episode to listen to with your kids. You might want to put on the headphones and listen, but it is good stuff. And it is all about how moms can change the world because you can change the world and have an incredible impact on the lives of people that need you. So let's dive into today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, this is Kat Lee, and you are listening to the Inspired to Action podcast, and today we have Liz Griffin from larkandbloom.wordpress.com. She is a friend of mine. She's a blogger and a naptime abolitionist. So welcome, Liz.
1: Thanks, Kat. What,
0: what's a naptime abolitionist?
1: Well, um... I work during my kids' nap times or when they're having quiet times. I work with an anti trafficking organization to
0: fight human trafficking around the world during nap time. Awesome. Awesome. So, can you tell us the name of the organization?
1: Yes, I work with Unbound, um, unboundnow.org. And we work in the US, in the UK, Mongolia, and South Africa, um, specifically
0: working with anti trafficking for sex trafficking victims. Okay, so somebody listening hasn't ever really heard about that before. Tell me a little bit about what, what you mean.
1: What it is. Mm-hmm. So there's actually more slaves right now than there's ever been at any point in human history. So there's 27 million people that they estimate that are in slavery around the world, um, and it's really happening everywhere. I think sometimes if most people know about it, they know about it in terms of maybe in like Southeast Asia or something like that. but. It happens in all across Europe, it happens here in the US, it's reported in all 50 states here in the United States. So it's um, the fastest growing crime around the world, so it's a pretty big problem, but we really believe that together and with God's massive help, we can put an end to it.
0: Awesome, so how did you as a mom, and so I love this story, so, so for the, those of you listening, um first of all I want to say that it is completely ridiculous that Liz and I are skyping right now because we probably live less than a mile from each other. Yeah. And but it was necessary for us to Skype because well one now we don't have to actually get dressed and go to anybody's house. <laughs> okay. Did that does not portray the correct situation. We are both actually dressed. <laughs> In regular clothes, but you know what I mean? You're a mom, you drop off your kids to school in yoga pants. Um, Or at least I do. Actually, Liz probably doesn't. Liz probably drops her children off in like high fashion.
1: No, no. A I have t-shirt and old
0: jeans I, I, and look looking amazing. I however am where actually I'm actually I'm dressed today but only because repair people are supposed to come Um oh, but I'm, I'm wearing real clothes today that I would wear out in public. Good for you Kat. Thanks. Thanks. I'm a, I, I'm a high achiever really. <laughs> um, so anyway that was a little bit of a rabbit trail that was free uh, but yeah so Liz and I, I I know Liz well she's one of the few people that I've ever interviewed on this podcast that you know, our kids play together and we hang out together. I'm actually her kid's Sunday school teacher, which is really fun. Um, so anyway, how did I, I don't even know how I got started on that. Um, but, oh yeah, oh yeah. So Liz shared recently at our church um, about her role as a mom and what it means. And Liz, you talked about the whole narrow and small thing. And I just thought that was, and I, th- I guess I shared about this in the podcast last week with Emily Freeman, but... Yeah. I just loved it so much. I would love to hear just your little spiel on that because I think it's so very inspiring for moms to, because you're you're a mom just like the rest of us. Right. Uh, you have little kids, and so actually, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your family, uh, so they can know where you're coming from, and then your whole kind of journey as a mom, the narrow and small thing.
1: Okay. So I have two little nuggets. Um, my daughter turns seven next week, which seems impossible that she could be that old, but she'll be seven, and then I have a four-year-old little boy, and we're also in the process of adopting from East Africa, so we will hopefully soon have four little Griffins running around the house, (laughs) Um, but I'm from Texas originally, but then we spent six years church planting on the West Coast and moved back to Texas two years ago, and I've always been really passionate and had a heart for justice. It's been something that's always stirred me, but never quite knew what to do with it. And then, you know, so I figured, okay, well, the most logical thing would be to go to law school um, and then start working for nonprofits or try to get a job in the State Department or the UN, you know, Peace Corps, that type of thing. Um, But God had a bit of a different plan for us and we ended up Church planting, and then I became a mom. And to be honest, it was really um, challenging when I became a mom because we lived in Seattle at the time, and the church, you know, we were planting a church. So we didn't even have any other married couples in our church, it was just singles, and then me with a little baby. And so it felt really, really isolating and really, really narrow. And that's kind of where that, you know, I was reading one day, Matthew seven fourteen that verse where it says, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only if you find it. And I just was kind of pondering that because I thought, wow, I feel really restricted in this stage and season of motherhood that I had just, you know, I was probably a few months in. So, you know, sleep deprivation and crying babies and all that. But, um, and I just really began to wonder what is that, really mean, because I think I oftentimes before had thought of that as, oh, you know, you sacrifice everything, you give everything up and follow God into this narrow, painful, obscure place. You know, but when I was reading it after I had Sophie, I just realized I'm in a narrow place. And that means that. Uh, the season of a mom is a season that brings me life because that's what this verse says, is that narrow leads to life. And so I just began to say, well, what does that look like then as a mom? You know, how is that life-giving? And I really realized that, you know, just because my boundaries are small, like I can't go out late at night. I don't have the budget I used to have because we're buying diapers and, you know, all of those sorts of things, even though the boundary lines seem to have closed in on me, God is still massive in the middle of it, and there's no limitation to what He can do. And for me, the whole narrow isn't small when it comes to motherhood is realizing that even though my life feels very narrow, it's actually life-giving to me because it peels off all the, you know, the things I can do without, the busyness, Mm -hmm. all the commitments that took my focus off things I was ultimately passionate about. And so, I mean, I thought, okay, if I have 30 minutes a week where I can say, hey, J.D., can you watch the kids? I'm going to go do something for 30 minutes or an hour. You know, it really makes you, when you're a mom, you have to really figure out what is it because you have such a small little amount of time to do non-motherhood things that really makes you evaluate what is it I'm really called to or passionate about or need to make time for. And that's where kind of the justice piece came in. And so... We, um, our church started Unbound about two years ago, and I just said, okay, what is it? And, and Unbound, really, we, our goal is to mobilize the local church to end human trafficking. Um, that's our focus, is mobilizing churches to work in their community to see trafficking stop where they are. And so I just said, my life is narrow, but it doesn't have to be small. So God, what is it that you want to do that's big, even in the season of smallness for me and or narrowness for me. And I thought, okay, what is it that I have to give? And I have nap time, which is where the nap time abolitionists came in. I can give the one hour that my kids are napping, you know, and normally that's what I would use to just kind of collapse on the couch and <laughs> eat chips while they're not watching or something like that, you know, but I said, I can give that. And so I started volunteering and working with them during those little windows. And, it was really amazing what guy was able to do even out of such a small and narrow place.
0: Very awesome. I just I just love that. I love that. Um and, and you know, I have to so agree with that because <laughs>
1: Did you hear my dogs barking?
0: I was well, I, I couldn't I honestly it sounded like you're typing or something, wasn't that tall Oh, yeah, it was my dog's awesome. Awesome. Sorry. And she has really cute dogs, by the way. Um yeah, yeah so I would say for me too if I hadn't become a mother, I never would have realized that I love speaking. I never would have even thought about writing because writing wasn't on my radar ever in my life, but because what you're exactly what you're talking about, we have small gaps of time and we need to figure out exactly where our passions lie. And, um, I love that. And you said, um, at, you know, I was watching your, your video on world mandate. Um, I'm trying to, I loved what you said. I'm trying to remember what you said. Um, Oh yeah. If God has called us to something in our lives, he's called it to us in every season and we just need to figure out what that looks like Mm -hmm. in every season. And I think that's so good. Um, so, so how did that play out? You got, you started volunteering with Unbound. Mm -hmm. And now what are you doing with them
1: now? So now I'm the director of strategic growth. So I basically help shape where are we going as an organization and how are we going to get there? Um, but yeah, that it's it's really true that if God's called us to something as people, whether that's you know, for me something injustice, or if you're a singer or a writer or an educator, whatever it would be, that God makes a way for us to do it no matter what stage we're in. So if I'm called to see captive set free, I'm called to do it as a single, as a married, as a mom, as a grandmother and God will make a way. And so in this season, you know, I just said, what is it I can do? And that's where the nap times came in. But I work with, I get to work with victims that come through that we help and um, kind of pushing for some different public policy things that we have, different um, advocacy deals. But it's funny, you know, it's pretty messy sometimes, to be honest, balancing all of it. Um, I was, you know, I'll be like making lunch and get a phone call and I'm having to – normally I tr- I really try to be good about when I do my work so that it doesn't bleed too much into, you know, time with the kids and stuff. But um, sometimes it doesn't work that cl- – life isn't always so clean and tidy as right. I would like it to be. But, you know, I'll be on the phone with a maximum security prison talking about how we're going to get a survivor out, a victim out into a safe house and while I'm making paper and jelly sandwiches <laughs> for – my daughter was in ballet a few weeks ago, and I was on the phone with um, a, potential, a potential victim situation that we were working through. And, you know, it's just funny. It's, I'm not qualified to do what God's called me to do by natural terms. Like, I don't have, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't have big, wide business hours or a budget to do it or a proper office. Or my master's or law degree, you know, but really, whatever's in your heart, if God put it there, He makes a way for it to happen. And so, if you look at my life on paper, it doesn't make sense for me to be able to, you know, do and speak with the people I speak with or promote the things I'm able to promote and do the work I get to do. But somehow, because God's God, He makes it happen.
0: And He can make that happen for anybody
1: exactly
0: yeah anybody listening today so so i saw on twitter on the i follow i think it's unbound now no on on instagram so um unbound now is that right is that your right yeah the name um there was a picture and i don't remember exactly what it said but it was a snippet i think of an email and it said something like it has been one year now since you rescued my daughter thank you so much for all that you do and it was from a mom Yes. Of one of the victims that you guys rescued. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Man, that was so powerful. So I want to know. So this is how it all, you know, you might be listening thinking, well, what does this have to do? I mean, obviously it has something to do with motherhood, but what is, how can How can this apply to you? How can this apply to me? And so I just loved seeing that picture just to, it, you know, it's one thing to hear statistics about human trafficking. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, you know, you can watch little documentaries about it. You can read about it, whatever. But to read an email from a mom whose very own child was impacted, that was just heart-wrenching, but in a good way because it had a ha- happy outcome. So yes. how can how can we do something? So obviously you had an organization that you could dive into. Maybe we don't know if, if, if um, justice-oriented things or if human trafficking things are really where we want to dive in. But right now, our hearts are a little bit moved. What can we do?
1: Well, one of the things we have going on right now is called the Your Know Is Her Hope campaign. Um, and it's something anyone can do. All you have to do is it's sign a petition that's asking the government to um, put a filter, require internet providers to put filters on, um, on the internet that goes into homes that would block pornographic images, which I know that's like heavier than most of your podcasts. but. Um, but, I mean, it's real talk is that that's what's happening, and it's destroying, you know, it's so prevalent in our kids' generation. And so, um, and it's very much linked to trafficking. Uh, a vast majority of trafficking victims started off um, with pornography, but then also it's just the demand. It's so prevalent. It can leak into your homes, you know, the ads that pop. Have you ever been online and just had an ad pop up, and you're thinking, Why, where did that come from, and how is this even this woman's, like, not wearing many clothes. Does that ever happen
0: to you? Oh, well, I have this problem where I, my favorite blog – one of my favorite bloggers is Melanie Schenkel, and her blog oh. is the Big Mama blog. Oh. So I have not typed in that URL correctly before. Yes. And that's, that's, that's a problem.
1: Right. And so because more people are exposed to it, you know, it can – you have more and more people that are becoming addicted, and then the addiction increases the demand – so trafficking is how that demand is met. So there's quite a lot of people who are forced to pose in those images or those things that we see that are not doing so voluntarily or their children. And so one of the things that's in the petition that we have that we're asking the government to do would be also to block up like misleading URLs. So when you type in something like that, it's actually it would be, um, you wouldn't see that other website. It would block it if you mistype or... You know, I know. Mm -hmm. For me, I was like googling a recipe for chicken breast, and I came up with an image that I was not looking for. (laughs) (laughs) And so, it really blocks that for us and from our kids. So that's one thing is to sign that or share it and ask for, you know, those images
0: and websites to be blocked from entering into homes. Um, And the whole idea—it's not just something that you guys came up with. It's based off of a law that the UK passed recently. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, well, they, they, I don't think they've passed it yet, but the
0: Prime
1: Minister, yes, in the UK this summer, they announced because I think, you know, in at least for, you know, churches and Christian groups that I've been in, you, most of us are aware of the negative effects of pornography. I mean, that it's damaging to people, to relationships, to marriages. But the secular world is really jumping in on that and saying, hey, we're seeing the um, the damaging effects that it's having on these generations and these kids. And so the UK has really picked up the ball on this and done a lot of research on the effects of pornography on children. And, you know, it's so different from like, I don't know, even 10 years ago, maybe before the internet, like you had to get up the courage to go to a corner store and buy a magazine. Right. So you had to go home and hide it and hope your parents didn't find it. But now, you know, you actually, like you said, it just pops in front of you. It kind of, it finds you now. And so they've recognized how damaging it is and negative it is on kids. And they're actually working to pass a law. They've announced that they're, I mean, I don't know where they are today in the process, but that would do the same thing. So what we're asking our government here in the U.S. to do is based off of what, the prime minister in the UK has said that they're going to do, which is to require internet providers to put filters on, um, on all of the internet that's going into homes, unless somebody requests to have access to those websites.
0: Right. Yeah. So you. So you, it's not like um, limiting the whole. I'm totally blanking. Not freedom of speech, but I guess freedom of speech thing. It, it, everything is available to everybody. And so, but you have to actually say, "Hey, we want this" instead of it just coming into your house. Yes. And happening to find it. And so, I remember when I read that article um in on online, I guess, a while back and just even his the prime minister's, just the phrasing and the words that he used. I mean, he sounded so passionate about it. And honestly, I, I teared up a little bit. I'm like, I've never teared up reading an online, well, that's probably not true, but, <laughs> I, I, you know, unless it was something, some terrible, tragic story, I don't think I've ever teared up reading an article that was, you know, essentially kind of dry like that. But right. just, you know, his perspective and that just the prime minister of, you know, one of the leading countries in the world—
1: Yes is and taking a crusade not against not a Christianation. it mm hmm
0: like, mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. explain your no her hope what does that mean
1: well, so our your no is her hope campaign is it involves the petition but also raising awareness of the connection between pornography and human trafficking, so by saying no, whether that's someone who is struggling with an addiction um of pornography and them saying, Hey, I'm going to say no so that she can have hope. And so if we can connect the dots for people that these images in these videos, they're damaging, not just to you and your relationships, but that person on the screen, it's a person, it's a spirit, it's someone created in the image of God. And by saying no, that we're not going to partake, we're not going to demand more images, more Videos that it's actually bringing hope to victims because um, I think most people don't—they don't think that it's that harmful. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that it is that so many of you know so many of them are children that are made to look older, or that it creates a, a behavior in people that then causes them to, you know, to act out violently against someone or, um, you know get in with a trafficking victim or, or whatnot. But so we're really wanting to connect the dots for people and just to encourage people, Hey, you can step up and say, no, you know, even for us as moms, just saying, Hey, we can step up and say, no, that we are not going to let a whole generation go down in flames. We're not going to let this happen to our kids, to our daughters, to our sons, that we're going to step up and we're going to say no so that these victims can have hope. And so that this generation can have hope that they don't have to live you know, in the muck that's caused by these sorts of addictions, and they don't have to have damaged marriages, and
0: you know, um,
1: all the things that come with addictions. To corner- There's my dogs again.
0: <laughs> and your dogs are not happy about.
1: They're not. Well, my husband's mowing the lawn. They're saying no. They're standing up and saying no.
0: I think they're no. They're no.
1: So that's really the campaign is to you know raise awareness for people and encourage people not just to sign the petition and share it, but to just step up and say, hey, we're not going to sit by and let things continue to go downhill, but we're going to really take action and proactively change the direction that culture is going.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what does it take for somebody to sign it? What do they have to do?
1: Um, So we have an online petition on change.org, but the easiest thing, if you go to our website, which is unboundnow.org, there's a link to Your Know Is Her Hope. And you can look on that page, there's downloads, there's information or resources. If you know someone who's struggling with pornography, there's resources on there, but there's also just a link to the petition. You can sign your name. Um, We have congressmen in DC who are really excited about this, who feel confident that, you know, we could pass this and they are willing to take it and push it forward. And so our goal is to get 10,000 signatures by October 16th.
0: And you're almost there. You have uh, 7,000. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Online and hard copy signatures, we've got about 7,000. So, um, you know, if we can get all those signatures, it just shows our representatives that there really is a, you know, we really are stepping up and demanding and asking for this. So if you go on unboundnow.org, sign it, and then share it and help us get those
0: signatures and push it forward. Awesome. So human trafficking and all of this to maybe the average person listening sounds kind of far off but I know that you go into schools often and share with teachers on things that they can be on the lookout for is that correct
1: yes so it it sounds like I mean honestly when I first got into it it just sounds unbelievable honestly that any of this would be going on period much less be going on in you know, suburban America. I think maybe I thought, okay, maybe in the inner city where things are rougher maybe, but it really is happening everywhere. And so one of the things that we do, and these are listed on our website too, of just things to be looking for um, and spotting in, you know, kids that maybe if you're a teacher or if you're a mom, things that you can be on the lookout for um, are kind of listed out, signs of trafficking. But, I know also it can be kind of scary. I When I first got into this, you know, like I said, I have little kids, and it's scary and it's daunting. But really, there's simple things you can do that really protect your kids from the risk of being trafficked or their friends. Um, it doesn't have to be this thing that makes you fearful as a parent, you know. There's mm-hmm. ways, I think it's a whole especially with this age of being online, the reality is our kids' lives, so much of it revolve around the internet and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can feel scary because we hear all these, you know, cyberbullying and, um, you know, sex trafficking or just the images that get sent back and forth. It feels really daunting but as a community, as teachers or parents, there's a lot we can do to really keep kids safe and it doesn't have to be as scary. Like what? Okay. Well, I think, you know, so for me as a mom, like we have pretty strong, um, well, my oldest is seven, but having strong just internet rules, like not anyone, no one's on the internet without us knowing it. I mean, she doesn't browse the internet on her own, but even being on, you know, i like let her watch Netflix sometimes on my iPad, but she has to watch it where I can see the screen because... I don't want her to accidentally click on something or whatnot. But being aware of what your kids do online is just essential. Or, or your students, whomever they are, you know, knowing what websites they're on, what social media outlets they use, and having access to those accounts. I, I You know, if you have older kids that, who would have – my kids aren't old enough to have Instagram or anything like that yet, but I have several friends who do, and they have the passwords to their kids' account so that they can see any messages that are getting sent, any you know pictures getting sent. Just seeing who their friends are, but being an aware, just being aware and being available to your kids to talk through things mm-hmm. um, are big. I think another deal is just having really clear boundaries and expectations about what kids are allowed to do online. Because a lot, I mean, for the work that we do, a lot of the trafficking work that that we do, so much of the, you know, of the trafficking starts online on Facebook or on, you know, whatnot. So just being aware of who your kids are hanging out with. I mean, when I was growing up, if someone was going to contact me, they called my house. My parents answered because it was a landline. So they. What's a
0: landline?
1: I know, right? Like, so my parents obviously knew anyone I was talking to because I was you know, standing there talking on the phone. They could hear what I said. We weren't texting back and forth. So it was pretty easy for parents to know who they were talking to, how long, things like that. And now it can be so private. You really have to initiate those conversations of finding out who, you know, kids are spending time with. Um, There's also a lot of filters that you can put online um, on your computer. You know, our petition is asking the government to have filters required. Um, there are some things, like if you have kids in your house that you want to um, keep them from having access to images like that. There's several websites. Net Nanny is one that people like a lot. It's not free, but I think it's about $40. And it's a software that you can install that would block images or topics from being able to be searched, um, but it you know, protects from pop-ups and things like that. Um, Another one is Covenant Eyes, if you have older kids, Um, and it basically, it sends a list of any suspicious, you know, possibly pornographic or inappropriate websites. It sends you a list of anything that's been visited from your home. It's a great just accountability piece if you have kids as they're getting older. And it's not so much that, you know, we're afraid of our kids doing horrible things, but it's a great way as parents to just... And so, hey, this is how you keep yourself safe. This is how you protect yourself online, you know. Um, Because they need us to parent them in online living just as much as they need us to parent them in real life living, you know. Um, Another thing that we see a lot is that there's a real decrease in kids having real life friendships. You know, so much of what they do is just gaming and it's online. But especially when it comes to, like, cyberbullying and stuff, when kids have... Actual real life friends that they hang out with and have face to face conversations with, the likelihood of cyberbullying or being affected by online predators or anything like that is dramatically decreased just because they have that support system. So, even simple things like making sure that our kids have real play dates and they're not just always on devices in their relationships, you know, um, can be something. I know one thing for me too is photo tags are a big deal. Like, so tagging pictures on Instagram. I love, I, I, if you follow me on Instagram, I apologize that you get inundated with (laughs) (laughs) pictures of my kids, but I think it's our job cat as moms to post pictures of our children. Right. I think so
0: too. I think think it is. And the world demands it. So
1: the world is asking for more (laughs) pictures of my dogs and my kids and my food. I think so um, I give it to them. But one thing that's just so simple Um, to do is just switch off your, uh, on your iPhone, or that's what. oh my, I don't have a camera, I just use my iPhone, you know, the location services on your picture, so that when I post a picture, it doesn't tell them where I took it. You know, if you have it on, and you take a picture of your kids, dropping them off at school, then, you know, the world can see what your kid looks like, (laughs) and where they go to school, and things like that. So if you just, simple things like switching off the location services, and setting your privacy settings on Facebook accounts so that no one else can tag a picture of you or your kids. Yeah. Also, or just like take you know not even a minute, but dramatically reduce the risk of anything negative happening like that to your kids.
0: And, and in order to do that, you just go to on your iPhone, you would just go to Settings and then Privacy then location services, and then you would just make sure that that's off for any camera that you right. use. I actually keep it off for everything until I need it. You um, do, yeah. Yeah, I might leave it on for for Siri because I'm kind of dependent on her, but otherwise...
1: She never understands what I'm saying, so I've kind of broken up with Siri. a little. Uh,
0: well she calls me caught. She can't get it, cat, And and she also actually, will, sometimes if I, I'm needing to, to do something, I'll just give my iPhone to my son, and he'll just literally have 30 minutes of conversation with Siri. Oh, funny. Just asking her to do things or say things or just saying weird, you know, crazy six-year-old boy things into the phone and seeing what she says in response and it's it's hilarious she, uh, one time she accidentally started calling um, James Mark Gully, who is our worship pastor at church, which had been really awkward. Um, so <laughs> he now knows not to say anything along those lines but uh yeah, so I that was another tangent and that was free too um,
1: <laughs> yeah, like you said, yeah turning off the location settings you can turn yeah. off everything or if you use your maps a lot. I know some moms or parents that would talk to they use their maps a lot, so they don't want to turn them off. Yeah. But you have the option to keep your maps on, but just turn your photo one off too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it takes, like you said, it's super simple and easy, but it makes a big difference.
0: And and I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but really when it all comes down, um, the big, we, we can't send our kids out in a bubble. But if there is any kind of bubble that we can put around our kids, it's just spending time with them and talking yeah. with them. And I think from everything that I've read and heard really just about any situation any parenting issue that we're ever going to have mm-hmm. it comes down to if we're just talking with our kids every day. Uh, Like our big thing that we do at the dinner table or in the car, I usually do it multiple times because I get different answers every time, is I'll say, so what was the best thing that happened to you today, and what was the worst thing that happened to you today? And I just ask that of each of my kids, you know, on the drive home and at dinner, maybe when I'm putting them to bed, just to really find out some of the highs and lows of their day. And, you know, this, this, obviously, this whole podcast is not intended to frighten anybody or anything. Really, what I wanted to do is I wanted to empower you to say, I am going to be an intentional parent. Obviously, it's not up to us to just us to keep our children safe. That is totally in God's hands. Um, but the fact that you are involved in your kids' lives, that you're listening to this podcast, that you're pursuing being an intentional mother literally makes all the difference all the difference in the world and what I want you to get from everything today is looking out for your friends for your kids friends are their parents involved how can you watch out for them how can you um, impact you know kids on the other side of the world by signing this petition or getting involved um, in an organization in your area or with Unbound Uh, so so as you're listening, I don't want you to listen as a victim. I want you to listen as an activist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to, you know, when, when we finish with our chat today, I want you to go and sign that petition. Yes, it's going to ask for your personal information. It is through change.org, which is a massively popular, very um, reputable website that handles petitions and stuff like that. So I gave my information and I challenge you to give yours because it is worth it. Because somebody's kid somewhere needs your help. And you might not think that what, you know, your little signing one thing is going to matter, but it might be the one thing that actually matters. And so I, I want you to listen um, today as an activist, and I want you to take action when we get done with this. What's my podcast called? Is it the Inspired to Think About It podcast? <laughs> no. It's the Inspired to Action podcast. So I want you to go inside that petition and, um, and to be on the lookout for the kids in your area, for, for the friends of your children, for the kids at school that are sitting by themselves. Go have lunch with your kids at school. Get to know their friends. Get to know the kids in their class. See who they're being influenced by and how your kids can influence and encourage them. Um, so, Liz, uh, where can we find out more about what you do and how we can do more.
1: If you visit our website at unboundnow.org, you can find out lots of information, um, information for parents, information of what to look for, ways to get involved with your nose or hope. You know, start there. It's a great starting place. And then, you know, if there's something that's really particularly of interest to you or you have specific questions, you can fill out the contact form and send it to us and we do our best to get back to you and answer you know, if you have a specific situation or a question of how to get involved further, um, you can do all that through our website.
0: Awesome. And where are you online?
1: Where am I online? I'm at larkandbloom.com.
0: Can you spell that just in case they don't get it?
1: I can. I spell it all the time. <laughs> I should have thought through that before I named my website L A R K A N D B L O O
0: M.com. Okay. And on social media? Same, Larkin Bloom. Awesome. Everywhere. She's Larkin Bloom. Everywhere. I'm consistent, Kat. (laughs) So, y'all, I highly encourage you to follow her. She is fun and inspiring, and she'll give you great fashion inspiration, and (laughs) she she tells great stories. You what? I'll tell them to wear fanny packs. Oh, well, yeah, don't listen to that part. We have this ongoing discussion about whether fanny packs should be worn or not, and she thinks they should. I firmly believe that they shouldn't, because we went on vacation this summer in the, I guess it's the Appalachian Mountains, and we saw lots of people (laughs) in fanny packs, and I really don't think it's flattering, but maybe, I don't know, Um, but yeah, and she has fantastic and amazing stories, because she has lived a really fun life, including living in Siberia and herding goats in Mongolia as a teenager, Um, so go to her website and read all her awesome and inspiring stories, and... um, And she also writes all the time at Inspired to Action. You probably read a lot of her posts. Um, But yeah, check her out and check out Unbound Now. And when you click the stop button on this podcast, I want you to go to Unbound Now and check out that petition and sign it and make a difference for some child somewhere whose mother can't fight for them, but you can. And I want you to go do that. So Liz, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks so much.
0: And um, I'll probably see you later in the school pickup line. Yeah. See you in a little bit. Okay. Y'all, this, this is what Inspired to Action is all about. Not just being great moms to the kids that God's given us, but impacting the lives of children all over the world. And even in your hometown, even in your neighborhood. I hope that if any episode has ever inspired you to action, I hope that it's this one. And I hope that you go and sign that petition and make an impact. That is all that we have for today's episode of the podcast. I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I want to bring you information and news and content and inspiration um, that challenges you, that helps you to take action and really live a life full of meaning and value. And I just appreciate that you have taking the time to listen and to join us today and if you have any ideas or questions come share head over to the blog click on the contact button and send me an email if you want any of the links or any of the information that we've shared in today's episode just head over to inspired toaction.com forward slash episode 15 and you'll find all the stuff that you need there And if you enjoyed the podcast, I would love it if you would take a minute to go rate it on iTunes. That helps us to be found by more moms and helps them to get the encouragement that they need. And as always, um, if you want to download any of our free eBooks or the free prayer calendar for moms that we have at the blog, just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. Well, My name is Kat Lee, and um, I'm wishing you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you are a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome.